The Navajo Nation objects to sending human remains to the moon. The first interstellar tourism campaign urges aliens to come visit Kentucky. And a man sues 27 women who call him clingy and a psycho. These are the weird stories for Thursday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in the solar system. In the solar system, that's right. The Navajo Nation objects to sending human remains to the moon. The White House has convened a last-minute meeting. They're going to be discussing a private mission to the moon. It's going to launch in a few days, apparently. Uh, They called this meeting after the largest group of Native Americans in the United States asked the administration to delay the flight to the moon because it will be carrying cremated human remains destined for a lunar burial. If successful, the commercial mission scheduled to launch on Monday will be the first time an American-made spacecraft has landed on the moon's surface since the end of the Apollo program in 1972. However, the Navajo Nation president, Boo Nigren, said that allowing human remains to land on the moon would be an affront to many indigenous cultures which revere the moon. I'm just wondering, who owns the moon anyways? Does anybody own the moon? I thought we owned the moon. Didn't we call dibs on the moon in the 60s? I thought so. We have a quote from uh, the Navajo Nation president, Boo. He says, The moon holds a sacred place in our Navajo cosmology. The suggestion of transforming it into a resting place for human remains is deeply disturbing and unacceptable to our people and many other tribal nations as well. Also, apparently this is very upsetting to the tribal nations because um, they revere the moon. But uh, let's be honest. I mean, every religion and culture reveres the moon and the sun. It's, this isn't out of the ordinary. And you can't really allow a single tribe to regulate what people can and cannot do on celestial bodies. I mean, are we not supposed to explore space because it's against someone's religion? I'd imagine landing human remains on the moon also offends flat earthers who claim the moon doesn't even exist. It's been photoshopped. <laughs> and, and none of those six landings even really happened. They were all fake, apparently. Now, in case you didn't know, apparently you can have a lunar burial service because these are private companies that provide these services. Uh, two companies in particular on this mission, Celestis and Elysium Space. Uh, and they're hitching a ride to the moon on Pittsburgh-based Astrobotic Technologies Peregrine Lunar Lander, which is an uncrewed spacecraft. That's important to know. Well, it's going to be crewed, but by uh, dead people. Now, Celeste's payload includes 66, quote, memorial capsules, which contain cremated remains and DNA, which will remain on the lunar surface as a permanent tribute to the intrepid souls who never stopped reaching for the stars, according to the company's website. Uh, We have a quote here from the CEO of Celestis. We are aware of the concerns expressed by Mr. Nigren, but do not find them substantive. We reject the assertion that our memorial spaceflight mission desecrates the moon, just as permanent memorials for deceased are present all over planet Earth and not considered desecration. Our memorial on the moon is handled with care and reverence. I'm sorry, reverence. It is a permanent monument that does not intentionally eject flight capsules on the moon. It is a touching and fitting celebration for our participants. The exact opposite of desecration. It is a celebration, I would say. 
Now, uh, the Navajo President Nigren represents roughly half a million members of the Navajo Nation. Nigren says the tribe is not opposed to scientific progress or even space exploration, but continues to hold profound concerns regarding the lack of oversight and regulation of non-NASA commercial payloads, particularly when such payloads include the human remains. Well, I mean, this is the state of affairs. The fact is, no one owns the moon, and as long as you can afford to get there, meaning if you're wealthy, you're free to do so. You're free to send your relatives up there, your dead ones even. You can probably uh, send your own little personal time capsule if you feel like it, or maybe one of your YouTube videos. I don't know. The moon is everybody's until it's not, and that's just how it's going to be. I'd imagine there's going to be a lot more than just cremains up on the moon. I'd imagine people are going to be hanging out on the moon eventually, and then what happens if someone dies? Uh, Are we going to fly the remains back to to Earth because the Navajo Nation doesn't want human remains up there? There's going to be a casino up there eventually, eventually, and it's going to be like a cowboy bebop situation. <laughs> now, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest with you. If I'm 95 years old and I get a chance to go up there and play blackjack, maybe I'll consider it. Uh, the article asks, who controls the moon? The Federal Aviation Administration's Office of Commercial Space Transportation is responsible for licensing all private space launches in the U.S., but by law, the office only has oversight in matters involving the public health and safety, safety of property, and national security and foreign policy interests of the United States. Now, this, of course, raises questions about the race to colonize the moon, who controls Earth's only natural satellite, what are we going to do with it? I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Do you have a take? Are you on the side of the Navajo? Call the show. 646-450-2012. The first interstellar tourism campaign urges aliens to come visit Kentucky, which is appropriate seeing as Kentucky is kind of like a whole other planet anyways. (laughs) That's weird that... Kentucky's inviting aliens. They don't even like human aliens in Kentucky. What are they going to think of the space aliens? Maybe they'll hire them to fix their roofs in the middle of summer without safety equipment and pay them minimum wage. Now, the article begins with, Hey, aliens, Lexington, Kentucky would be a good place to spend your next deep space vacation. This was the exact message that a group of Kentucky scientists, linguists, and scholars recently beamed at the TRAPPIST-1 star system, which lies 40 light years from Earth and harbors multiple potentially habitable planets. So they they blasted out their ad campaign. What was the price of that one? I'd imagine it cost more than playing an ad during the Super Bowl. Uh, Now, this particular message represents the very first interstellar travel advertisement, apparently. The organization behind all of this is Visit Lex. They are a tourism team at the Lexington Convention and Visitors Bureau. They've partnered with an ad agency to come up with a playful campaign with with a sci-fi flavor to attract the aliens. The team also used a modified infrared laser to deliver a specially coded message, which was approved by the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration. How how do they know what language the aliens speak? That's what I'd like to know. These people are extremely smart over there in Kentucky, despite what we all say about them. Here's a quote from the press release from Visit Lex. 
When our message reaches its destination in 2063, 2063, oh boy, uh, Trappist-1 inhabitants will find a coded bitmap image which clues them to the origin and intent of the transmission. They'll also see some photos of the horse capital of the world, (laughs) the horse capital. Let's hope they like horses, these aliens. Um, also, they are noting the wide open spaces, perfect for landing a spacecraft. They'll learn also why Lexington has the best food, bourbon, and music on the planet. Getting a taste via an audio recording from legendary blues musician T.D. Young. Well, I, I like that they got very specific. Hey, hey aliens, do you like uh, tobacco, bourbon, and book bands? Come to, come to Kentucky and visit us. It says here, if the extraterrestrial does eventually receive the message and pack their bags for our solar system, eager to take in the bluegrass state's hospitality, thoroughbred racehorses, and the bourbon industry, they'll have to cover approximately 235 trillion miles in order to get to Kentucky. That's a bit of a trip. Um, They're going to definitely be thirsty, so I think bourbon is is a good welcoming beverage for them. We have a quote from one of the excited scientists named Robert, who says, We are targeting the Trappist-1 system because we might actually get an answer in somebody's lifetime if there's somebody there watching. But the reason scientists have been interested in it lately is because of the large number of planets it has in what is considered to be a habitable zone. So, there could be life there. Why not send a signal and see if they answer us? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for exploring space. I'm all for sending signals out there, see if somebody answers you, especially in a habitable zone. Seems like a kind of an okay use of funds. But a message in English is a little short-sighted, it would, it would seem to me, assuming they can speak English. I don't know. I mean, you could send a message like this to some particular areas of the Amazon jungle and the humans there wouldn't even know what to do with it. And they're humans and they're here. So I don't know. And of all the places to pitch, uh, uh, Kentucky, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just not the funnest place in the world, right? Why not, why not invite them to Cancun or something? I'm just saying like, make it like send them, send them pictures of a fun place. I really, I mean, I'm sure maybe Lexington's a good time. Horses, that seems fun. Let me see a bunch of aliens ex- exit the ship, though. I mean, I just can't imagine it's going to be the- <laughs> I'm gonna be so excited. Greetings, what is there to do around here? Well, um, there's my cousin Mavis. Yay! A man is suing 27 women after Facebook users call him a psycho. Sounds like something a psycho would do, thus confirming their psychotic claims, it would seem. (laughs) Let's not prejudge, though. Let's find out if this man really is not a psycho. But, you know, if one person says it, maybe that person's just a little sour and you can't trust that opinion. But if 27 people are saying it, eh, probably true. We have a guy from Chicago named Nico D'Ambrosio. Hey, Nico and D'Ambrosio. He's suing 27 ladies and one man. And apparently he's Facebook Corporation, Meta. Also suing Patreon, GoFundMe, and the website AreWeDatingTheSame.com. Wow, he's suing a lot of uh, entities. He claims they're all responsible for damages incurred when certain women posted online about alleged negative experiences they had on dates with him 
in, in a Facebook group called, Are We Dating the Same Guy? Now, uh, apparently, and I was unaware of this, there are hundreds of Are We Dating the Same Guy Facebook groups in major cities around the world. And in these groups, people post someone's name or image and and ask, are there any red flags with this person? And then other people can respond with their experiences with that particular person. <laughs> Man, I hope I'm not in one of those groups. Jeez, I'm, I'm not. I've had some bad dates before. I had a woman walk out before uh, our beers were half drank once uh, because she asked my opinion on the um, on the Will Smith Chris Rock slap because it had happened the night before. And I just kind of went off on how wrong Will Smith was. I just lambasted him and defended Chris Rock because I'll, I'll defend comedians most of the time. That's I'm you know I'm one of them. Well, anyway, she didn't appreciate my um, I don't know my gusto. <laughs> I was I was really uh, I guess I was really uh, angry about it and amped, and I, I should have just calmed down. But anyways. I say all that to say, I hope I'm not in one of those groups. I don't even know they existed, but you got to expect stuff like this. You have to, def you have to like go somewhere for support and to get information. Information is power. It could mean life or death, especially, you know, I don't envy women meeting strangers, strange men on dating apps and dating sites. That is a scary thing to do. You want to make sure that you're safe and where can you go? Here's a place you can go. You can go hey, did, did this guy murder any of you? <laughs> and just find out what you're in for. Now, in this guy from Chicago, D'Ambrosio's case, according to the complaint, women used the Chicago Are We Dating the Same Guy Facebook group in order to express their opinion of this individual, saying that he's clingy and a psycho and that he ghosted some of them after sleeping with them. Uh, someone wrote, he's been posted here before. The poster said he sent her a slew of texts calling her names because she didn't want to spend the night with him. Uh, there's a lot of complaints. One commenter called him only a psycho and to stay clear. According to the complaint, he and the woman who originally posted about him met organically at a cultural event in Chicago and briefly communicated with one another. The plaintiff and defendant then engaged in consensual sexual intercourse on the evening they first met. The parties spent brief periods of time together on a handful of occasions, which were unremarkable. The parties never engaged in any sort of exclusive dating relationships. Now, the case states that the defendants broadcasted their outrageous, cruel, and malicious lies about the plaintiff with knowledge that these statements were false and with reckless disregard as whether or not they were true. Uh, the plaintiff, D'Ambrosio, claims he suffered and will continue to suffer significant general, consequential, and special damages, including impairment of reputation and standing in the community, personal humiliation, mental anguish and suffering, emotional distress, stress, anxiety, lost earnings, and other pecuniary losses. Uh, his lawyer claims that the Facebook group is about protecting and empowering women and should not be about judging men. Uh, well... There's going to be judgment. You can't stop people from judging. People judge for all, all sorts of reasons. In this case, it seems to be for safety and wasted time. And you just, you, I mean, you can't sue people for their opinions. And if it was one person, eh, this is a lot of people, man. <laughs> I would say your client is sus at the least. 
because so many women have posted about the guy. I mean, they, there's a reason they have a saying. Where there's smoke, there's fire, bro. Where there's smoke, there's fire. This is a frivolous law, lawsuit, in my opinion. I don't know. You guys think this individual has a case? Call the show, 646-450-2012. Yay! I've got the lovely bunch of weird news, weird news for you. And tomorrow, it's going to be weird news from the state of Florida. If you're new to the show, on Fridays, I only do weird news from Florida. So if you come across some weird Florida news from this week, don't hesitate. Email your buddy Jonesy with the Florida stories. My email is funnyjones at gmail.com. You can also send them to me on Instagram at funnyjones as well. Uh, I'm going to publish some phone calls right after this, so stick around if you'd like to hear from some listeners. If you want to call the show yourself, the number is 646-450-2012. If you would like to support the show, please consider going to weirdafnews.com where you can... Join the Patreon by clicking on the Patreon banner, or you can buy Jonesy a coffee by clicking on the coffee cup icon. They're very close to one another on the homepage, pretty easy to see. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash funnyjones. Uh, or you can download the Patreon app on your phone and do a search for Weird AF News. That's an easy way to do it. Anyways, I'm losing my voice, so I'm going to let you go now and um, rest up for tomorrow's Florida Friday episode, which I'm very excited about. All right. You guys have an amazing morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're doing in the time sphere. And good luck with your life, man. I love you. Hi, first time caller, first time listener. My name is Alicia, and I vote that the lady should have a dog and not a baby. Funny that that was my first episode listening. You have a great AF day. Hi, Jonesy. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of weeks now every morning, and it really makes my morning. And I wanted to weigh in on the baby versus dog situation. I think a dog would beat a baby ten times over in the ring. I mean, they have the teeth. They have the claws. They have the scary face they can make. What can a baby do? Not much. Just wanted to weigh in. Hey, Jonesy, this is Michael calling from Iowa City. I think it was this week. Could have been late last week, but I think it was this week. Um, you had someone give you a review, and they said that it was certainly great listening to your podcast much better than David Muir, and you didn't know who that was. Well, David Muir is someone that you probably don't know because you probably don't listen to the mainstream uh, network news programs. You probably don't know Nora O'Donnell either, who is the host of CBS Nightly News um, since 2019. You probably do know Lester Holt. He's been the host of NBC Nightly News since 2015. And um, David Muir is the host of ABC Nightly News. He's been around for probably close to a decade. So I don't know the exact date that he became the host, but not only is he the host of the NBC Nightly News, he is also the host of, uh, oh, what do they call that show? 2020. 
I he's a co-host of that. So yeah, he's got a quite a profile on the network there. So yeah, if you're not watching the regular news programs at all, you probably are not aware of that. I know everyone's on cable and satellite or uh, no paid services, Netflix and all those kinds of direct download kind of stuff. I don't, I'm not even sure what the proper names for all of it, but paid services. So stuff without commercials. <laughs> so just thought you'd like to know that David Muir is the host of um, ABC Nightly News. Okay, for what it's worth. Take care, man. Good luck with your life, man.